This morning's scripture reading will be from Psalms, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalms, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Bible reading, Bible reading is a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. Prayer is a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. The apostles had it right when they said, we will give ourselves to the word of God and prayer. Acts chapter 6 verses 3 and 4. But just as much a privilege and just as much a duty or responsibility is meditation. Meditation. Let me ask you this. Sometimes does your life get busy and kind of hectic and maybe you forget to get into God's Word. I suspect that's true of most of us. Maybe sometimes your life is so hectic you fail to pray. Or prayer becomes a matter of last resort rather than the first emphasis. I would suspect that just as it's easy to neglect the Word of God and prayer it may well be easier to neglect meditation. I want us to look at that subject today because if you look at Psalm chapter 1 and heard the passages that Shad was reading, you look at Psalm 1, it consists of six verses, and the key verse is obviously verse 2. But is delight, but, contrast, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he does meditate day and night. Wow. When you look at that, mark the word delight. Look at Psalm 1, verse 1. It begins with, blessed is the man. And really, it's an exclamation. How blessed, it's very intense and passionate. How blessed is the man? Therefore, it's a fine title to call this lesson The Blessing and Delight of Meditating on God's Word. The Blessing and Delight of Meditating on God's Word. Let's move on just a little bit. Feed your 
soul well. We feed our souls God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, verse 4. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, Colossians 3 and verse 16. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Psalm 119 and verse 11. Do you feed your stomach but starve your soul? That's a question we really need to ponder. Are we quick to feed and to fill our stomach, but much, much more forgetful about feeding our soul? Meditation helps us to do just that. And here's something to think about. You ever get up in the morning and maybe you have, uh, have your coffee and you're in a hurry or you might uh, drink a glass of orange juice or, or eat you know, a couple of bites of toast and you're out the door. It was all done so quickly. Sometimes we do that spiritually. Meditation causes us to slow down and to think and to ponder when we are tempted sometimes to treat our Bible study and praying like they are boxes merely to be checked or like they're fast food that you can grab when you're on the run. Meditation is about tasting. You ever eaten something that you didn't really taste because you ate it so fast? Maybe you've seen critters or animals. You know, and a dog is really good at this. A pig, too. But you wonder if, if, they, if they tasted it at all. I wonder if we just sometimes hastily go through Bible study in times of prayer where there's no meditation. We haven't tasted. We haven't chewed. The Bible refers to those whose God is their belly, Philippians 3, 18 and 19. I hope that all of us are more concerned about the feeding and nourishing of our souls even more than the feeding and nourishing of our bodies. And here's what meditation is. I'm going to give you two definitions, two scriptures, and two illustrations in looking at the meaning of meditation. Two definitions. Definition number one. Meditation is thinking deeply and constantly about the person of God, the character of God, the will of God, and the works of God. Meditation is what? Thinking deeply and constantly about the person of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, the character of God, loving, holy, all-knowing. Many of the things Terry was touching on in the scripture reading this morning from Psalm 86 
It's about thinking about the will of God seen in Scripture. And thinking about the works of God, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows His handiwork, Psalm 19.1. Thinking deeply and thinking constantly about the person, character, will, and works of God. Now here is a second one. A second definition. Meditation... is spiritual digestion for godly transformation. What's meditation? It's tasting. It's chewing. It's digesting. It's savoring. Man, this is really, really good. And think about those meals that you've had that are the best meals you've ever had materially. You couldn't get enough of it. We probably overdid. And this is just great. This is how God's Word... Really, you guys are smiling. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen to that one. All right, good. That's how God's Word is. And it brings about a transformation to greater godliness... Because we enjoy God's person, God's character, God's will, and God's work so much. We've been thinking about them all the time. And how good he is. All right. Passages. Two passages. Turn, if you will, to Psalm 119 and verse 97. 119 verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. All day, all night. It's what I'm thinking about. Oh, how I love. I want to say this to you. Your practice of biblical meditation where you are focused with depth and constantly on God's person and his character, what he's like, on his will and his works, says a lot about your love or your lack of love for him. You see, because when we study the Bible, we are getting into the word. When we meditate on God and his word, God is getting into us. And that's a pretty important distinction to make. People can get into the Word, but the real question is, is the Word of God getting into us? Meditation. Being part of us because we have eaten, chewed, digested, and now we've derived the benefits and the energy and the life. Second passage. Second passage is Philippians 4, 8, and 9. If I were to give a New Testament passage that really got at the heart of what meditation ought to be for Christians, it would be Philippians 4 and verses 8 and 9. Look at the passage. 
Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. There's a listing of eight areas here. And then it's followed by what word? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what have you got? Think. Thank you, Brother Terry. Think. Mark it. Circle it. Meditation is about thinking about God's person, character, will, and works as it concerns the eight items he's just mentioned. Think on these things. And then notice he says in verse 9, the things which you both learned and received and heard and saw in me, what's the next word? Do or practice, mark it. What is meditation? It is about deep thinking and practical application. That's what it's about. A good example. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 2, verse 19. Luke 2, verse 19. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, a reference is made to Mary. And as she witnessed events in the life of Jesus... It says, she pondered them where? She treasured them where? Meditation is about heart pondering and heart treasuring. God's person and character and will and works. It's about making sure that we get it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6.21. You spend a lot of time worrying, biblical meditation could be a very helpful solution. You may still struggle with worry, but it'll help immeasurably. You struggle with your focus or attention deficit disorder... Biblical meditation will help you. It may not solve all of your struggles and all the things you wrestle with, but I tell you what, it'll be helpful to you. So I gave two passages. I gave you two definitions, two illustrations. Illustration number one, the cow out in the pasture. The cow out in the pasture you look out at cows, and even though we are becoming less and less an agricultural society, you look out into a pasture, it's not unusual seeing cows doing this. What are they doing? They're ruminating. They're chewing on what they have ingested. How we need to do that spiritually. Because what we think about impacts our life. 
And when we are meditating on the person of God, the character of God, the will of God, and the works of God, that'll impact your life. How many of us think about your job? You think about your job a lot? I do. You think about what needs to be done a lot? I do. Biblical meditation will help us with our priorities, with our use of time, and with our relationship with God. Okay? So the illustration of a cow chewing the cud. The second illustration... Here's a really neat little tea bag. But imagine putting a tea bag into a cup of hot water. What happens when that tea bag is placed in hot water? It becomes the cup of water takes on the flavor and takes on the character of what's in the bag. How we should desire for our hearts and our souls to take on the flavor and character of God through meditation. You have to let tea steep, don't you? Even if you like weak tea, you, you, don't, just, uh, you, you don't just have it in there for three seconds probably. You have to let it steep. Meditation is spiritual steeping so that our lives can take the form of greater godliness. Well, that's the meaning. Let me move on to a second and final area. The benefits. What are the benefits of meditating on God's Word. And admittedly, we've kind of looked a little bit at that, but I want to let Scripture speak to it specifically. So open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. After all, Mike, you said you're going to preach two sermons, one text. Well, so far we've had a very little bit of that text in Psalm 1. And we've had a lot of passages mentioned, but very little of that text. Well, let's go to Psalm 1. Thanks for bringing that up. In Psalm chapter 1... The psalmist gives seven benefits. Seven benefits to meditating on God's Word. To thinking with depth. And thinking constantly and accurately about God's person and character and will and works. Seven benefits. Listen and notice that this is the way the book of Psalms begins. Thinking about our relationship with God and who He is and what He's done and what He's like needs to impact everything in us and about us. Here's what he says. Notice verse 1. Meditating on God's Word will bless your life. Is that there, Scott? Okay, good. I didn't want to read something into it that wasn't there. Meditating on God's Word will bless your life. How blessed 
is the man who does this. Talk about abundant life. John 10 and verse 10. Talk about a relationship with God and a sense of purpose and direction in life. Meditating on God's word will bless your life profoundly, immeasurably, in ways you have not even thought, in ways I've never considered. Meditating on the word will bless your life. You know what? I wonder if some Christians have problems with their teeth, problems with their digestion, spiritually. Not talking physically. Because all they can ever chew is liquid. And all they can ever digest is liquid. No meat, no bread. And while there is a place for the milk of God's word, there is also a place for honey. There's also a place for meat. And we need to encourage ourselves through meditation to know that blessing of a well-rounded life in God. Next. What will meditation do? Meditation will brighten your journey. Meditation will brighten your journey. Where you get in that mic, I'm getting it from verse 1. Walks not, sits not, stands not. As we journey through life, we have to be around wicked people. And we have to deal with people whose emphases may be different, vastly so, than ours. But we don't need to let them influence us in our walk. You know, brighten your journey. Brightens your journey. Think about the common mode of travel in those days. Walking. Think about what a person who walks has to do. Stop for a minute and sit. Or stand. We should not allow them to make us cynical and negative and unbelieving. We need to think about what the passage says. Meditation will brighten our journey. Number three. Meditation will delight your heart. Delight. Nothing gives greater satisfaction and joy. If you want satisfaction and joy, believe in meditation. You see, what happens in meditation is this. Sometimes there's so much going on in our world, we kind of have to empty our minds. 
You know, just kind of like you'll hear before the Lord's Supper often, Brian, help us to clear our minds, or we'll talk about that in the worship context. Help us to clear our minds of the things of this world to be able to focus on you. Meditation involves emptying our minds of the things that often cause us to be double-minded or triple-minded or whatever. Going too many directions. But just as important as emptying our minds is filling our minds. You don't have biblical meditation just by emptying your minds. The Lord knows if that was true, most of the world would qualify. Including a few of us who preach. However, it's involving filling your mind with God's person and character and will and works. So that we can be transformed to greater godliness because we love him. We love him. To delight. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. I treasure him. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. God and his will and works. It's the pearl of great price. That's what we're talking about here. To delight in him. Well, delight your soul. These things have I written to you that your joy may be full. 1 John 1, verse 4. That you might have joy unspeakable. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Joy. Delight. You know what? Sometimes, Alan, I know you do this. You put together sermons and classes and ideas. You got things like that. Sometimes it can seem like you're, you're just kind of a manufacturing, manufacturing stuff. But when we meditate, the joy and delight of putting things together, it's work. But the joy and delight of seeing the time that we spent with God and his person and character and will and works, it just, it just makes us excited. Waylon said, well, you got, a, you got a lesson this morning on the uh, blessing and delights of meditating on the word. I said, yeah, I'm just going to have just a few uh, embers barely going. He said, I don't see how you can do that and preach on that. You got to be on fire. Look again. Of course, we're in verse 2. Meditation... will give you an ever-present friend. Meditation will do what? It will give you an ever-present friend. Well, what do you mean by that, Mike? Here's exactly what I mean, what the text says. And in his law, he does meditate, what? Day and night. You know what? You can meditate anywhere, anytime, anyplace, can't you? You can meditate anytime, anywhere, anyplace. You can drive and be meditating on God and his word and his will. You can take a mini break at work, no matter how focused you have to be at work, and you can think about God's person and character and will and works, and it can help you get through the day. For those of us who are married and have been married for a while, I know that Cherie doesn't mind if I wake her up in the middle of the night and say, Honey, 
this is just weighing heavily on me. But I doubt she wants me to do it every night. But meditation is an ever-present friend that we can utilize anytime, any place, day or night. Isn't that rich? And that will lead us to prayer. That friend takes us to an even greater friend, God himself, our Father. All right. Number five, y'all followed along? Hope so. Meditation will make you healthy, healthy, and strong. Look at verse 3. Like a tree planted by rivers of waters, healthy and strong. You know, out here in West Texas, sometimes a tree's healthy for a while, but it doesn't get enough water. And so its health weakens greatly. Wonder how many Christians are like that. Meditation will help you be healthy and strong. If you feel like you're often unhealthy and kind of weak, maybe thinking about God and His person and character and will and work will put a spring in your step and a song in your heart because you delight so much in the God that you're thinking about. Now, going back to Cherie, who I, when we last talked about her in, in an illustration, I was waking her up in the middle of the night way too often. Going to this, health and strength. Every morning for years, she has began her day with God. Refreshing her soul, strengthening her soul, helping her soul to be healthy. I don't say this, I don't know that I've ever said it here, but I'll say it, I've said it elsewhere. If my kids and grandkids have a lick of sense, and I think that, I know the grandkids have more than a lick, and sometimes I, I wonder about at least one of the kids, but anyway... When she passes, there's a notebook. There's notebook after notebook after notebook after notebook of the fruit of her study. I hope that they want that. I hope that they want that because it'll help them to refresh their souls, too. What a legacy. So many churches are unhealthy. So many churches are weak. And I want to be as honest as I can be. It's because people aren't tasting and chewing and digesting. They're not meditating. We're caught up in football, in weather, in our jobs, in our, in our finances, in our worries, in 
everything. Number six. Meditation will make you fruitful. You want to be more fruitful? Meditation will make you fruitful. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. John 15, verse 8. Apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15, 4 and 5. But meditation will make you fruitful. See it in verse 3? It will make you fruitful. Fruitful in praise, Hebrews 13, 15 and 16. Fruitful in holiness, Romans 6, 22. Fruitful in winning souls, he that wins souls is wise, Proverbs 11, verse 30. You want to be more fruitful? Think deeply and constantly and accurately about the person of God, the character of God, the will of God, the works of God. And be amazed at the fruit. Because you are thinking about God under the watchful eye of God. Wanting to worship and praise God through the way you live and speak. Number seven, and lastly, meditation will help you prosper in all that he does. He prospers. Now, I don't think that the main idea of that phrase is you will prosper physically and materially. In all he does, he will prosper. Because meditation is about thinking about the person and character and will and work of God. And a person who wants to think about God with depth and with a constancy about that and accuracy... In all he does, he will prosper. Your soul will prosper. Now, God may well bless you physically, and I think he does. God may well bless us materially, and I believe that he does. I believe that Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I believe that it says what it means, and it means what it says. I believe our God is able to richly supply our every need according to his riches and glory in Christ, Philippians 4.19. But I don't think this is just God saying, I'm going to make you healthy and wealthy. He's saying, I'm going to make you wise because you treasure me. I'm going to bless your soul. One of the greatest needs of contemporary churches is to think slowly and deeply and richly about God and His Word. Let's be known as a people who practice just that here at Westside. I believe that that would make a difference in a lot of people's lives. Most of all, us and our families. Thank you for listening. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. I hope that you have thought about what has been said today.
and your relationship with God and His will. If you have not come to Jesus and responded to His grace in faith and repentance and baptism, things are not right with your relationship with God. Things are not right. You're not thinking with depth and accuracy and with the constancy that you should. It should be an ongoing thing. I want to have a great relationship with God. Okay. Then respond to his grace and faith and repentance and baptism and determine your desire to live for him. And for those of us who are Christians, some of us have been infants way too long spiritually. No teeth spiritually. Only able to take milk. As great as milk is, long for the sincere spiritual milk of the word that you may grow thereby. 1 Peter 2, 2, long also for meat and bread and feast on all that God is and does. Let us stand and sing.